no, the subject of Mike Tomlin does not go away just because he got a three-year extension. The subject of Mike Tomlin never goes away when it comes to the nation. And as such, the subject really has become about three playoff wins in 10 years. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. You almost can't mention Tomlin's name to another football fan in town without getting three playoff wins in 10 years back. You can't bring up anything about the regular season. You can't bring up anything about uh, his overall tenure and what he has achieved faster than almost any coach in NFL history. You can't talk about how consistent he's been. You certainly can't talk about how he's never had a losing season. That one is a woo That one's a no-no. It's all about playoffs. And, and I'm not here to diminish that in any way, shape, or form. Because you know who else feels that way? Yeah, Mike Tomlin. He knows everything he talks about, everything he preaches, everything he pushes to his players is about the postseason. He hardly ducks from it. The next time you'll hear him say anything at all positive about anything in the regular season other than winning that day's game and what it means toward the Steelers' place in the standings and hence what it means toward the playoffs will be the first. Really, how long's he been here? How long's he been here? Since 2008. And this, this, this man has never once said, look at me and look at what I've done. Look at my regular season achievements. Steelers don't do that either. Nobody does it. There are people who get into debates. There's, there's fans who do it. There's media who do it. Not him and not the team. The people who most harshly judge Mike Tomlin's performance with the Steelers are the Steelers and include Tomlin. It's a uniform attitude that they have. And no, he has not been good enough. He has not done enough to have the team prepared for certain games that they've played, even though they've done well to get to these games that they've lost. He hasn't done enough in-game to adjust. He hasn't done enough toward being as open-minded and or ambitious as it relates to his choice of coordinators which I think's been a really, really big issue with him. I think even bigger than his own work, meaning his own coaching work. But the idea, the idea that you could just 
send him out, and this is obviously phenomenally hypothetical. He's not going anywhere. The idea that you could just send him out and replace him with someone else who could just keep the team right at that same equilibrium and all they would need to do, the new people, is to just kind of poke their heads through the roof. To pick up where he left off is outrageously off the mark. And it always has been. Can I throw pit parallels at you? I never mix the pros with college. They're, they're two different worlds. But I lived through Pitt getting rid of a good football coach in Dave Wanstead who got the team, the football team, where it needed to be year after year after year. And the Panthers just couldn't win the big one. And eventually everyone just thought, well, you know, we're going to bring in someone who can take what Dave was doing and then just kind of poke through the rest. Same thing happened to Jamie Dixon in basketball. Jamie was there. Jamie had the pit Panthers ranked number one in the country at a couple of points in the regular season. Pitt was ranked number bleeping one in the country. Jamie couldn't win the big one. Couldn't win the Big East. Couldn't win the Big East. Then he finally did win the Big East. No, he couldn't win in the NCAs. Couldn't win in the NCAs. Never really did win in the NCAs. Winning in the NCAs is really hard. Didn't work out for him. We can all have different viewpoints on whether or not he was chased out, but I've always kind of gotten the sense that he was. Certainly wasn't made to feel welcome to stay, let's put it that way, whereas TCU rolled out the red carpet. If you think that someone can just walk in here and keep the Steelers having that same mindset, that same culture that gets them the regular season success that they've had, all these division titles, all these playoff appearances, that keeps giving them chance after chance after chance to succeed in the playoffs as some kind of default mode, that doesn't exist. Whoever comes in, even if they're great, even if they are a better head coach, a better game manager, a better whatever than Mike Tomlin, they're not guaranteed to have that success. I'm not being stupid here. I'm not suggesting that there's no coach anywhere other than Belichick who's better than Tomlin, although I've heard that from his proponents, which is equally ridiculous. I'm not saying he's the greatest. I'm not saying he's the Steelers' greatest option. What he is is the known option. They know what they're getting from him. They know what he puts in, what he gets out, the respect that he commands from his players, how hard the players play for him, which, by the way, is something that never, ever even comes up in the Tomlin criticism, because it can't. And they also know and appreciate and respect how hard that is for a head coach to achieve, particularly in this day and age when players are making bazillions of dollars and have all kinds of things that could distract them. He's been historically successful as a regular season coach 
in Pittsburgh. What he has to do, his next phase, if you will, is that he has to become a better game manager. And to me, that involves that involves better coordinators. This is going to be Matt Canada's first year as OC. I'm more than open-minded, willing to give him a chance, and fully cognizant of the fact that that wasn't his offense last year. He barely had any input. He threw in a couple of wrinkles, and that was it. But Keith Butler, I mean, Keith Butler's had some pretty spectacular talent on his side of the ball. So he's a little bit harder to judge. But when he's had it, to his credit, he's led the NFL in sacks and takeaways and all this other stuff that you'd want a D.C. to do with that kind of uh, skill. But when you get to playoffs, especially in a sport that is so orchestrated, so schemed, so scripted the way football is, the coaches make such a big, big difference. And to me, that really always has come down more to the coordinators than it does to the head coach. The head coach is much more of the arbiter. He's the figurehead. He's the one that's in people's faces. The guys with the headsets are the ones that win and lose playoff games. And I'm not taking that off of Tomlin's shoulders. He's responsible for those guys, too, and he's responsible for saying yes or no to what their plan is. Man, I'd love to see what this guy could do with two elite coordinators. You know? When we come back, just one question. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. That's brought to you on this program, always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garmin, Kelly, and George. That's LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they're going to do. When they make you a promise, they keep that promise. This law firm has been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Learn more at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Lambert Fan, who says, Hi, Dan. I hear and agree with you on your podcasts that the narrative that Mike Tomlin has won with Bill Cowher's players is nonsensical. However, Tomlin also had more success early on in his career with not only veteran players, but also with veteran coaches like Bruce Arians and Dick LeBeau running the offense and defense. Since then, he promoted Randy Feetner after Todd Haley and Keith Butler, 
and Tomlin calls the defenses on game day. How has the quality and changes of the assistant coaches during Tomlin's tenure impacted the Steelers' results and on our perception of him as a head coach? Uh, the first thing I have to say is I didn't see this question before I did the opening segment. I kind of wish I had because you threw in some points here and more specifically that I would have definitely included and discussed. I'm going to start with uh, a a small, well, not small. This is a significant correction. You say that Tomlin calls the defenses on game day. This is not true. This is not true and has never been true. I don't know where that came from. I do know that it made the rounds uh, late this past season. It is not at all accurate. Keith Butler calls the defenses. Uh, Tomlin, as ever, as every head coach does, has the last call, but that's true of offense and defense as calls pass through his headset. So maybe that was the source of it, or maybe somebody was just looking for a few extra clicks or whatever. But that that is actually not the case. The rest of what you have here, uh, to me, is dead on. He worked with now Super Bowl winning head coach Bruce Arians. He worked with, as did Bill Cower before him, a living legend in Dick LeBeau. These were ideal situations for Tomlin. I don't think of Tomlin as some master strategist. I'm not sure that he's a very good strategist. I like having him in the head coach position because I think he's born for that. I think he's made for that, and the Steelers benefit from that. But I wouldn't want him calling plays on either side of the football. I've not seen anything in the many years that he's been here that make me think, wow, that now that right there, that's a, that's a Tomlin fingerprint right there. I just don't. I see OCs and DCs here. And I have, as a result, been a lot rougher in my writings for a while now, meaning for years, on the coordinators than I have been on the head coach. I know that's frustrated some readers because they see, you know, the where the buck stops, and they're right about that. And they're right about that. And it is frustrating, especially when you do get to the bigger games. But to me, playoffs, playoffs are just a different beast. You know, um, in other sports where there are best of seven series or best of five series or what have you, coaching moves right to the front of the line. No, coaches can't win if the players aren't performing and everything else here, but coaching becomes way more important because you're facing the same opponent and that opponent has studied you and exposed you, and now you have to adjust to them even as you're trying to keep them off balance. And you're having to do that over the span of a week and a half, two weeks. It's part of the drama. It's part of the storyline. Football doesn't have that unless you're facing a divisional opponent for the third time in a season, which, of course, we've seen uh, the Steelers and Ravens do. We've seen the Steelers and Bengals do. 
uh, in recent years, and actually those accounted for two of Tomlin's three playoff victories, the other, of course, being against the Jets. Uh, this is this is what you want to see. This is what you what you need to see as a football team is your coaching go to the next level. You have a week, sometimes two weeks, if you have the bye, like the Steelers did going into the ill-fated game against Jacksonville. You have all this extra preparation that you can do, all this extra film study, all these extra concepts that you can come up with, different ways that you can script your opening series when you have possession, when you say that you want the ball. And we just haven't seen it. We haven't seen it in those games. I don't hold Tomlin as much responsible for the various losses to New England. And for that matter, I don't even really hold Keith Butler responsible because they're facing Tom Brady, who can only he, – he's eaten alive everybody he's ever faced in the playoffs. And with the quality of the defensive backs in particular that Butler had, I wasn't about to ride the D.C. too hard on that, much less the head coach. But Jacksonville, Jacksonville hurts. Cleveland, Cleveland hurts. Both of those, to me, reflect poorly on the coaching, including all the way up to the head coach. But am I ready to throw him out over that and risk not having those same chances? They were 13-3 and heading into the Jacksonville game. As everyone remembers, they were 11-0 and just this past season before Bud Dupree went down and other stuff. I'm not ready to just toss that out. And, and you know what? It doesn't matter if I am because it's not happening anyway. Thanks for the question, Lambert fan. Thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do another daily shot of the Steelers tomorrow. At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.